What's up, brother? Hey, how you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm not doing too bad. What's new, brother? How was uh, your day of work? Pretty good, pretty good. Ready for the weekend, guys. Welcome to Big Black and the Fat Fancy Football Podcast. Got a good workout in the day. I had to do three workouts in a row. I'm feeling pretty pumped right now. I did workouts. Three today. workouts? Well, hold on. What'd three, you workouts, do? three workouts in three days in a row. Let me, let me rephrase that. So, hey, <laughs> three workouts. What did you do, man? Yeah, not, not in one day. That would be ridiculous. It would be all sorts of But I mean three workouts three days in a row. <laughs> I'm excited, man. I'm excited about fantasy football, hopefully getting started out. I'm excited about uh, just summer, man, you know, feeling good out here. We're getting ready to move soon. So we got, we got a lot of good things on the, uh, on the Pittsburgh side. How's everything in, uh, in Ohio, man? Hey, man, everything's going good. Had some crazy weather last night, so I'm sitting yeah. out on my deck. I'm looking out on my deck a little – I'm sitting out on my deck probably about a few hours ago, and I look at the, at the back of my house. Now, my house has, like, aluminum siding on it. Whoa. And uh, I noticed that the hail we had last night left all kinds of dents all over the back of my house. Oh, man. So we had some pretty intense w- weather. So we got a good podcast, though, today. JC, tell them, what, tell them how they can get a hold of us and tell them what we're getting into, buddy. Yeah, great uh, great podcast episode. I think you guys are going to like this. Uh, this episode is going to be about depth chart battles. Yes, depth chart battles. Myself and Jay Paul are going to pick three teams that we are looking at for a depth chart uh, battle position. It could be the quarterback position, running back, wide receiver, tight end, uh, whatever fancy relevant position. We're going to discuss the uh, the two players that are kind of battling for that top-notch spot on the uh, on the depth chart and go from there. Uh, you can find us, of course, on our Twitter page, all caps, B-B-A-N-D-T-F. You can also follow us on our Anchor page as well, listen to all of our podcasts. You also have us on our Sleeper app as well. Remember, you can listen to our Anchor or Spotify, or on your web browser, check out the latest podcast episode. Yeah, so you know what? I I did uh, notice. Now, what, we've been doing this since, like, March, right? I think yeah. it's been, like, since March. Give or take. Okay, yep. so, so we're up to 51 followers, and as we've talked about a couple of times here or mentioned, I'm not a big social media guy, so I don't know <laughs> if, if that's good or not. But, I, I mean, I don't think it's bad. You know, we're up to a few people trying to get some people to give us some uh, listens. So if you guys like what we're doing, please, you know, give us a listen. Give us some feedback. Let us know on our Twitter. Say, hey, I listen to this. I agree. I don't agree. I like. I don't like what you're doing. Let us know. Just at least give us some feedback. Let us know, man. Definitely. And we're working on uh, our Instagram page. So we can go for Instagram Live, do some live episodes. Um, that would definitely be uh, cool. Yeah, I'm going to try to start a few of those down the pipeline. You'll at least see myself in here, Jay Poe, and then hopefully in August when we have some of the fancy football drafts and I head his way to Ohio, we'll do we'll finally do some in-person uh, pre- and post-draft uh, episodes of our fancy football leagues, give you guys some highlights, some notes, uh, see what we did to hopefully get our teams better. I will say this, a little, not, a little uh, tip of my cap, I had two-time fancy football champion uh, Gene a.k.a. Mean Gino from our league, uh, group messaged me. He was like, hey, I like, the, I like the moves you're making, man. You're setting yourself up for a second ring. So I just want to say that he's <laughs> looking at my roster in one of our leagues and was like, hey, you did some good moves. I picked up Madison. I picked up Kareem Hunt. Oh, I see what you're doing there. So not saying I'm trying to go two for two in my leagues, but it's looking pretty nice right now. <laughs> 
getting the old nod from the two-time champ, man. Hey, the listen, you nod, definitely. Man. And uh, if and for you guys that that play, I mean, uh, <clears throat> dynasty redraft any league, really. I mean, it's it's hard to win. You know, it it's it, re regardless, especially like so. I do a redraft league. It's a twelve-man league, and let me. We always do a snake draft. 100 bucks for the buy-in. And let me tell you something, man. If you miss on your first two rounds or something happens to one of your guys in the first two rounds, you're pretty much squashed for the year. Last year I took I got I took Juju with my first pick. I want to say I picked uh eighth in a 12 man. I think I picked eighth, and then on the way back around, I I got David Johnson, man, and I tell you what, I did not finish well in that league. That's that a, is double for win, sure. That's a double win, dude. I got hit. Win. I got hit hard last year, and you know, twelve men, you just don't have redraft. You just don't have a lot of depth, you know. And once dudes go down, it's it's tough to win in. But yeah, so we got Gene giving JC a little bit of props. I like it. I like it, man. And we'll see what happens I like this season, it. but I'm excited. We have our both our fantasy football drafts in Ohio. I'm in Pittsburgh. Jay Post in Ohio the same weekend. So uh, same back weekend. to back, I think one Saturday, one Sunday. So I'm pumped for that. That's a lot of fantasy football, a lot of a lot of good times over there. We definitely want to swing some live episodes. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, let's start this episode off. So again, we're we are doing depth chart position battles. Myself and Jay Poe, we're picking three teams each. We're going to talk about whatever position on that team that we see as a battle going on to grab that number one depth chart spot or position. Uh, Jay Poe, you want to go first? Want me to go first? How do you want to do it, Mike? Hey, man, you know what? Um, it don't matter. I can jump right into it. So I'm yeah, just going to fire away. I'm going to go with what I got. So um, <clears throat> my number one battle that I've been checking out really a lot is going to be the Melvin gordon Philip Lindsay battle. Okay? Interesting. Interesting. So – and I'm gonna I'm gonna break this down here. I got a little bit of uh, info from uh, Number Fire. I love those guys. I love what they do. I'm big in the analytics, especially in fantasy when something is such a crapshoot. You know, you got to take your kind of like your own personal view, but you also got to kind of look at the numbers and the analytics of it. So contract wise, Melvin Gordon is the ninth highest paid running back in the NFL. The ninth wow. highest paid. Okay, so. Is that bell cow money? No. But is Melvin Gordon, has he been largely throughout his career a bell cow running back? Yes. So let me break this down because I know there's a lot of people getting out there. You know, I've been reading a lot of stuff, you know, talking to some people in both of our leagues, as JC and I said, you know, we're both in two leagues, two sec. We're both in, um, we're both in two different leagues. And then there's, and then there's another guy that is in both of these leagues with us too, but pri- primarily it's 20 different people, 17. Okay. So talking to some people, you know, everybody's like, you know, I, I don't know, Gordon, you know, Lindsay's going to eat from Gordon. Gordon's going to eat from Lindsay. Let me break this down. All right. Philip Lindsay at his size, five, nine, five, nine, a buck 85 roughly was projected kind of, he kind of fits that mold of a satellite running back. Right. A satellite back. But actually, when you look at his numbers, he has actually been more of a two-down grinder than a satellite back. So let me break that down to why I say that. All right. So um, actually, when you break down his, uh, his net expected points per reception, 
throughout his two years in the league and his net expected points in uh per target and his net expected points in both receptions and targets. So these are the areas I'm going to break down. Philip Lindsay actually ranks 29th amongst, amongst running backs with at least 40 targets in receptions uh, and net expected points per reception. He's 28th in target NEP. He's 29th in reception NEP. And uh, he's 31st in both reception and target success rate. Wow. So for somebody that people who, if you really don't delve into his numbers, just look at, like, I understand, you know, Pro Bowl guy last year, I get it. But he does not fit the mold of a satellite running back. Now, why do I say that? Because when you look at those numbers, um, I think uh, – He's roughly about a .25 in NEP guy. Melvin Gordon has never been anything less than a .33. Okay, so what point am I trying to make there? Okay, Philip Lindsay was outproduced by Devontae Booker and Royce Freeman in the passing game. Okay, he, that tells me he's certainly not going to outproduce Melvin Gordon. Okay, <laughs> Melvin Gordon's targets – by year, the only 16 game season he played 83 targets, 2018, 66 targets, 2019, he played 12 games, 55 targets. Okay, if you look at their age now, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon has been in this league five years now. Philip Lindsay is less than a year and a half younger than Melvin Gordon. Philip Lindsay's birthday july 24th 1994 25 years old melvin gordon april 13th 1993 27 the money they paid melvin gordon and from it tells me that not extending philip Lindsay, i don't believe that the denver broncos truly believe that philip Lindsay, given his size breaking down the numbers um from what uh, I get gathered from number fire and our guys there, Philip Lindsay does not fit. I think what John Elway and the Broncos want to do. I think Melvin Gordon does. Melvin came out and said he's more of an inside zone runner. He had to make what San Diego did work. Now, if he's speaking true of his heart, he produced well in San Diego. Now, if he feels that this system is better for him at an inside zone downhill running scheme, then I think that we can see that Melvin Gordon, Wisconsin Badger, 2000, what was it, 2,400 yards he had? Something ridiculous his senior year there. So he put up crazy numbers. I don't think Melvin Gordon, or I don't think Philip Lindsay is going to eat into Melvin Gordon's touches as much as a lot of people think that's going to happen. I think that. The Broncos knew what they wanted in Melvin Gordon, and I think that he is definitely going to produce at a Melvin Gordon typical style. Uh, I'm going to say he's around 15. I'm going to give him 15 for this season. Uh, total right. running backs in in uh, points in fantasy and in PPR league. I'm going to put him around 1,200 yards rushing, uh, around eight to nine touchdowns probably about uh, 500 yards receiving roughly is what I'm going to give him. And last but not least, to kind of hammer home this point, um, Pat Shermer has notoriously always been a single running back guy. 
He's never been one to – when he was been a head coach, he's never been one to divvy it up. And with Vic Fangio, you know, he's going to focus on the defensive side. He's going to let Pat run the show. I think that Melvin Gordon's chances are a lot better. I think a lot of people are being bullish on him, and I'm looking really for him to produce really towards around that top 15, man. Yeah, and uh, one thing about Melvin Gordon is he, he kind of has a lot to play for, and he has to, I believe – uh, you know, prove himself again. You know, we've seen running backs leave certain teams and kind of uh, stink it up, if you will. Uh, Lev Bell being one, which yeah, happened there. So he's got a chance to do it. That team is loaded with talent, so it's really up to him to see what he can do. From uh, his 2017 season, looking at his stats, is the only season that he's got more than a thousand rushing yards in the season. You believe that? This is true. This is true. 1100 mm-hmm. yards in 2017. 885, we'll say 928, and of course, 2019 season. So he has something to prove here, too, because his numbers are getting floated. He's getting drafted, I'd say, right where ADP is, but like if he regresses in touchdowns or if Lindsay starts a vulture, some could hurt him. But I do agree, Gordon definitely fits that uh, that downhill running stuff the Broncos are playing. Yeah, you and you know what? Um, to kind of add a little bit of a caveat point there you know when you said about guys like Lev Bell and all that I think that Gordon's landing spot though I mean Bell went for the money the Jets paid him money he went there and let's they're garbage I mean he so he just he he played for the money and not for the team I know Gordon wanted paid too and when you take into account his penalties this that the other thing what he lost from what San Diego offered him blah 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 but I think he really uh, set himself up in a nice position there. As you just said, Denver's a young team, tons of weapons. You're not going to be able to load the box on 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 him. So I think that, uh, you know, he's going to come out and produce at a – what we're used to seeing him produce. You know, he even ed- admittedly said he'll never sit out a season again. It was a detriment to his um, – career as a person he see and he never gets in trouble he seems like a good person morals are all in place understands what life is about i think that he's gonna work and he's gonna work hard and i i think he's gonna come out and maybe change the minds of a lot of people who do you got man all right so i'm gonna hop into uh one team that you know is pretty much in the news right now uh, the Minnesota Vikings and their running mm-hmm. backs, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Not only do I want to talk about this because I grabbed Alexander Madison in not one, but both leagues. One by happenstance because you traded him for him. I'm like, ah, eh, you know what? The funny thing is when he was trying to trade for um, – Jake. No, geez, I just completely blanked who I just traded for you. Miles Sanders. I sent him Miles Sanders. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I was like, you know what? Hey, you know, hey, Alexander Madison, I'll throw him in there. You never know what happens with Dalvin Cook. I'm like – he is right. I wish I kept my other league, grabbed him. Two weeks later, this happened. Got to have a Lucky's Rabbit's foot. And then I just traded Alexander Madison. I feel for a good trade. I sent DJ Chark and Preston Williams to one team where I got uh, Alexander Madison a fifth-round pick. Now, albeit, those two receivers are pretty decent, but my starting lineup is DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf with Mike Williams on my bench, Darius Slayton, and Julian Edelman. So I had the wide receiver talent and value to be able to send a few his way to possibly get an RB1. So right. back to the news here. Dalvin Cook, I'm not going to break down the whole news story. You guys are part of it. He wants more money, of course. He said he's okay, quote-unquote, with $13 million, which makes me feel like this guy is just toying with the Vikings and saying, I'll take that if that's okay with you. 
funny story, the Vikings have about 12.5 free in their salary cap right now, which is why mm-hmm. they didn't sign back Stephen Dix. What they did, though, they drafted a great running back last year who has legit the almost the same tangibles, height, speed, size, as Dalvin Cook, very close to what Dalvin Cook is. And they drafted a great wide receiver this year, showing that, hey, we're not going to really pay all of our guys. Adam Thielen's 31, 32 years old. You know, they're not going to mm-hmm. pay him. Yep. They paid their no. quarterback like most teams do, like uh, the Titans did and so on and so forth. They got a young rookie wide receiver. They had, got a young rookie tight end last year. Hey, who else was looking for more money? Kyle Rudolph, he's probably going a year or two. So I see the same thing where Dalvin Cook is trying to call their bluff in a season where they have Alexander Madison, who is not a rookie. He knows the playbook. He's played last year, even though he had an ankle injury, I believe. He knows the playbook. He's not hopping into this, not knowing the connection between himself and Kirk Cousins, the offensive line and offensive coordinator. He's hopping in around the same height and build as Dalvin Cook. Put them side by side. They almost look exactly the same. I think that's very interesting. So they really almost drafted a younger version of Cook, almost his clone. But Madison put up really good points last season in limited play. And I think that's the key right there, especially when you're looking at how many teams are drafting uh, two running backs or drafting one running back to step in with that running back that's already there to kind of say, hey, we can uh, we can kind of produce possibly what you're thinking you can do with a younger talent. So if you look at Alexander's stats last year, 100 attempts, 462 yards, only had one TD, 4.6 yard average. Nothing crazy, but nothing bad. Very consistent. He averaged about between, I'd say, on a high end, 9 to 10 fantasy points when he started. Again, nothing consistent, but he's starting behind Dalvin Cook. And when you're looking at those handcuffs to take, him last year, Tony Powell was big, a few other guys, I like Alexander Madison. When you're thinking of what can happen with Dalvin Cook, a calls to frame who we just talked about, Mr. Melvin Gordon, Gordon excuse me, and Lev Bell. Those two guys wanted to call their team's bluffs. I remember all the videos I saw online of Lev Bell working out. He had the fresh braids. Melvin Gordon had a helmet on with pads, running a treadmill for God only knows why. And what did the teams do? <laughs> I have no idea why. I'm like, dude, we can't. You run on the field already. Why have the shows? I, I made no sense. What, what, did their, what did their respective teams do? The Steelers it looks them? sweet, though. It they looks were, sweet. Like, like, why? why are you doing it? Okay, well, you want to get more money. Whatever. But, um, but, yeah, so what did the two teams do? The Steelers said, later, we're cleaning house. You go to the Jets, where he did nothing. And now the Chargers said, hey, guess what? Go to one of our rivals, the Broncos, where Gordon should do a little bit better. But, again, he's on a shorter-term deal. They didn't pay him this money. Dalvin Cook could be in that spot where he feels like, hey, I earned the amount that, uh, that I should get, which I think he wanted to get paid right around um, the amount that David Johnson's getting paid. But we got to really think about, I saw a really interesting stat. He has been injured, Dalvin Cook, for his career, three years. He has been injured for about 40% of the team. 40%, yep. Mm-hmm. 40%. Now, when you look at his stats, rookie season about 400 yards, 2018, about uh, 615 yards, 650 yards, nice receiving. And in 2019, of course, he had his breakout season. So it feels like to me he's trying to ding on that breakout season. Like, hey, guys, hey, guys, I have one really good season. You need to pay me money. And the Vikings seem to be very a very straightforward team, especially in the NFC. Those teams are very straightforward. Look what the Packers did drafting A.J. Dillon. 
who is also one of my uh, one of the teams I'm going to talk about a little later, and uh, and Jordan Love. Very straightforward team where they're saying, listen, here's our QB, here's our wide receivers, here's our tight ends, and oh yeah, we drafted your replacement. So if you're going to want more money, we're going to at least give Alexander Madison a good shot. And also, what could hurt Cooks is Cook if he lays out this season. He has he has now a, a year of free agency that he's let go of, meaning that the Vikings can still hold some rights to him next year, and that could cost him some money. But again, at the end of the day, a lot of those running backs don't care. Zeke is the exception. Zeke went on a beach in Mexico, didn't care. He knew some inside information none of us, none of us knew that the Cowboys were going to pay him a lot of money. But Zeke has been healthy. Zeke has been a grinder. Zeke has had great seasons. Cook, if you look at it, has only had a 1,000-yard season. And again, that was last season where he was still out two games. I see Alexander Madison taking over this backfield. It might not happen. Two things might happen. It could be a split where he's only out half a season, kind of like what happened with Eckler, where Eckler slowly took over and Madison slowly takes over. Cook comes back. They're like, you're doing okay, but Madison kind of showed what he is. Now you don't care. Or he's out the whole season and Madison gets to shine. Either way, I got Madison winning this uh, this depth chart battle. I think that Cook, uh, the Dalvin Cooks, is is really, really trying to reach his hand out there, and I think he's uh, a asking for too much for the amount of stats he has and the amount of healthy games he's played. Yeah, so you know what? I'm going to piggyback straight into what you were talking about here because my number two battle was actually Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook. And you made most most of the points that I'm going to make. And the drive home point was, is like you said, Dalvin Cook has missed 19 games in three years. Yep. 19 games in three years. That's 40% of all regular season games. Huge. All right. Career totals, 457 of attempts, 2,104 yards, rushing, 17 touchdowns, 104 receptions, 914 yards, receiving two touchdowns, okay? We just kind of compared him a little bit and kind of – and actually it's kind of a um, – uh, one of those things, I wasn't even trying to do it, but as we were talking about it, I kind of pulled up Melvin Gordon's stats to kind of compare him to Dalvin Cook. And when you look, Melvin Gordon, you know – Five years in now, you're talking about a guy that's 4,240 yards, so that's not averaging 1,000 yards a year, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Dalvin Cook at three years in is 2,104 yards, not 1,000 yards a year. You know, I mean, uh, so you if you look at kind of if, – if you look at that comparison, it's actually a great comparison from a talent standpoint to what both guys can uh, do too in the way they, they – run the ball I mean it's he's almost on pace there and uh, frankly the Minnesota Vikings hold all the cards here and they know what they, they have in Alexander Madison yep they you know 2019 he had 100 attempts 462 yards one touchdown 10 receptions 82 yards and no touchdown Dalvin Cook's rookie year 2017 74 attempts 350 yards yeah. um Two touchdowns, 11 receptions, 90 yards. The numbers are similar. Dalvin Cook holds holds none of the cards in any of this. And frankly, I don't see the Vikings paying him. You and I had this talk when I gave you – when I offered him in in that trade. I said, I frankly – if. If Dalvin Cook misses one game this year, they're not re-signing him. And they may have even jumped the early bus and said, bro, 
uh, you've missed 90 you've missed almost <laughs> half the regular season games in three yeah. years man well, there's we, uh, we got to move on man there's no way we're going to pay you 13 million a year when we got a kid that's right behind you that's putting up I mean, it's a one-year thing here, but the numbers are very similar. Very positive numbers. So I, I don't see if, – if it's me, fantasy football man, um, I, I was – you know, I like Dalvin Cook. I'm a Florida State guy, but the best ability is availability. Dalvin, you ain't ever available, buddy. Um, okay. I, I say sell Dalvin Cook. Well, well, you can, honestly. I mean, his trend speaks for itself. Three years in – the trend of injuries. I mean, he's a talent when he's on the field. That's no doubt. But the trend speaks for itself, man. Uh, Leonard Fournette, same way. Talent when he's on the field. But when are you ever going to be on the field, man? When are you ever going to be? And that's the biggest thing. And when we're looking at those backs that got larger contracts, CMC, Christian McCaffrey is a prime example. Uh, he's on the field. He's on the field. I thought he yeah. deserved more. How, yeah, for sure. 90% of the time. And you're seeing those backs earn where someone like David Johnson, he's he's almost like a, he's on a prove-it deal. But, again, he's on a team that needed a running back. The Vikings have that running back. Uh, so here's a question. If Cook does um, get traded, because I guess he would have to get traded now if he does sit out because the Vikings are still his right. Because yeah. he would be a restricted free agent, I do believe, yeah. Yes. Yeah. What team do you think would pick him up? I would, I, you know what, I would surmise it would be a team that would use him in a committee and not as a lead dog just due to his injury history. Um, off the top of my head, without even thinking about it, uh, let me see here. Hold on, let me break down here. Uh, yeah, just put him on the spot. <laughs> let me go, let me go this here. Here's something. Let me go. Uh, I don't know if this would happen because of division rivalry, but let me go the Chicago Bears and not knowing what they have very in David Montgomery. Very, so, I, I really like that 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 pick right there. That's very interesting. Yeah, so not knowing what they – I'm not saying – you know, I, I mean, I know David's only been in the league a year now, but David Montgomery not knowing what they have gave up Jordan Howard – now they don't really have that another grinder style back. You got Tariq Cohen there as a, as a picturesque satellite back. As I was just, now that's yep. a true satellite back there. Um, but um, I'm going to say I don't know if it would ever happen if they trade him within. But the Chicago Bears, I could see a nice one-two punch him and David Montgomery. You know, splitting about 12 carries a piece. Uh, you're making them both healthy. You're not, you know, you're kind of saving Dalvin from a little bit of injury there. So I would like to see something like that. If it would happen, I doubt it, though. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I was going to say I'm going completely left field, and I'm going to New England Patriots. There you go. I like it. For a lot, for a lot of reasons. They like finding talent that they can get on the cheap. Now you're like, well, Dalvin Cook wants money. Yeah, until he realizes that he can't get the yeah. money he wants. So he's mm -hmm. going to go ahead and say, well, you know what? I can be an RB1 or a low-end RB1 on this team. They have a, have a great young defense. You have uh, Bilicek, who's, again, going to be a genius. Michelle's never been healthy. James White's mm -hmm. going to be there until he's 55. So you have mm -hmm. a great team where you can build Possibly 65. Stidman, right. 65. And Jared Stidman, who I am so high on Jared Stidman. I did a five want to take. I might do a to another file, I'll do a 10 on a tape. I don't care. <laughs> He's, he has the big black seal of approval, buddy. You get him. There are some fancy football pundits out there. I've read a few articles that are stating they would pick him over Tua if they had to choose between the two. And okay. I'm not saying I agree yet, 
what I'm saying is I think we're forgetting how good systems are. So that's mm-hmm. a bit off topic. But yes, Dalvin Cook to the Patriots, that could be something very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have you go ahead and get your uh, your guy. Actually, I'll go now because we got one left. Okay. So I'm going right, to go yeah. next here. I'm going to go the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, the San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers. And I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go a QB battle, who which I don't okay. think anyone is paying attention to. I don't know why. I feel like I'm, I'm living in the Twilight Zone now between Tyler T- uh, Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert. So let mm-hmm. me give you a couple stats around Tarot Tar- uh, Taylor. And I know that we have heard a lot of news around how the Chargers believe in him. And they're going to give him a shot. He's our starter. Okay, calm down, guys. Tarot Taylor is 30 years old. But they drafted Justin Herbert sixth. <laughs> yeah. So. In, in his time as a starter, don't get me wrong, solid QB2 stats. Yeah. He is, uh, 2015, yeah. 2015, 3,000 yards and 20 TDs, his best season, with, and these are all with Buffalo. 20, uh, 2016, 3,000 yards, 17 TDs. 2017 Buffalo, as you see a little regression, 2,800 yards, 14 TDs. Last year uh, with the Cleveland Browns, they really do a lot, which is a backup, 500 yards, and then this year with the Chargers. So his last relevant fantasy football season was in 2017. Yes. He is 30 years old. He has not really proven anything in his whole career he was a backup for a while. The Bills took a chance on him at doing anything but being that kind of slash QB that can sort of maybe hold it afloat. Am I saying he'll start the season? Yes. Am I saying he'll finish it? There's no chance that he finishes as the starting QB. Again, Justin Herbert, who I believe I would rather take over Tua right now because of his ability to be healthy, and I feel that he has a better chance to produce higher fancy football stats. I think Tua's going to be great. I think he's going to kind of be like uh, like a B version of Russell Wilson. But again, I know that he had a great surgery and he's feeling better. What happens when a mean dude like Patrick McQueen cracks him? What happens when Bradley Chubb stomps him? What happens when he goes to New England and they just rush the crap out of him and he gets hit? And he gets bruised. Like, he's been injured most of his college career. And then what happens? Here comes Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic literally is magic. He has, I don't know, he's got like <laughs> 15 rabbits put up his butt. Because this guy, just, <laughs> he just saunters in. He's like, you guys need me? And he just produces. He produces as a, a relevant, relevant QB. So when I'm comparing Tua with Herbert, I see Herbert 6'6". 236, make that 6'6", 244, 245 when he puts on weight. He's going to be a strong, heavy quarterback with the arm and a quick quarterback with his feet on a team that has hitters. Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, who's still there, Joe Reed, who they drafted, uh, K.J. Hamler, who I believe they drafted for a nice slot position. K.J. Uh, Hill. No, K.J. Hill, excuse me, that's yeah. the Broncos. K.J. Hill. And again, they got some great running backs, Eckler, Joshua Kelly, sleeper of the year, Joshua Kelly. They got a lot of talent around them. Mm-hmm. When you're looking yeah. at someone like him who has only one QB to compete with, who, again, hasn't had a relevant season since 2017, I don't care how much the coaches and the offensive coordinators are talking about what Terod Taylor can do. He's going to show who he is in the first 
three, four games. By that time, he's going to get the picks. He's not. He's going to start missing his receivers. Herbert's going to slide into a great position. He already got to sit behind Taylor for a couple games. He's got great weapons, and I really compare him to what Drew Locke walked into last season. He had some good weapons. They now have created better weapons. The Chargers just created better weapons for him. They added more receivers. They kept their tight end on contract, of course, and they added a, a couple running, a good running back, and their defense is pretty decent. They've got a great chance to have Herbert and the way have Herbert produce. And the way I see Justin Herbert, I see him really producing as a fantasy football quarterback, a 30-point, 35-point average. I think he's really going to be able to sling that ball in a wide-open Chargers defense, or Chargers offense, excuse me. So that's who I have winning that, uh, that QB battle out in Los Angeles. So I'm uh, glad that that you took that route because I saved my third one, not for any one specific battle, because there were actually quite a few that I was looking into Justin Herbert, Tyrod Taylor being one of them. Um, uh, you know, um, Tua, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, Josh Rose, however that whole situation is going to work out there. Okay. So I looked into that. I like it. Um, um, I like what you're saying about Justin Her- Her- Herbert. My only problem with Justin Herbert is is the problem that was always shown at Oregon, and that was this kid just could not win the fourth quarter. Sure. He could not win it. So um, I, but he's a very smart kid. Um, he got the coached up, you know. Could just need yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. Board to have that right coach, you know. He got the scholarship or the academic Heisman. I'm sorry. I don't know what the name of that is. I forget off the top of my head. But he's a very bright kid. He's very cerebral. You're right. I think um, coached up, I think he can produce um, at quarterback one, not the, but a quarterback one level. Um, I like that one. You know, I looked into things that people may not be interested, but things that kind of puzzle my my mind. I look at the Packers. You have Devonte Adams. Okay, cool. But who's your second wide receiver? Who is, is it Jamon Moore? Is it Equinemius St. Brown? Is it okay. Marquez Valdez Scantling? For pronouncing that name correctly, because I cannot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, so so I'm looking at all these things. Like, who is the Packers' number two wide receiver? If I'm going out there and I'm saying, all right, I need a flex play on a good passing team, the Packers. Okay, cool. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, but who is the second guy there, man? Who who is gonna win that battle? Because the Packers did not address it. As we've already talked about in our draft show, the Packers did not address this. So me there, I'm kind of a hold on any other player that's a wide receiver, just looking at these battles. Um, is it Geronimo Allison? I forgot about him. He's there too. Who is the second wide receiver there? I don't know. I look at uh, the Raiders. I think Brian Edwards has a chance. Brian Edwards has a skill set to beat out somebody a la Tyrell Williams. Or Tyrell Williams, right? Yeah. Tyrell Williams, huge chance. Yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, he just – he has that – he's that guy that Brian Edwards can beat out. So there's there's a lot of battles. I'm glad you brought that up. I just for my third one, I wanted to kind of touch on all these other things with these few teams that are going on. I like that Justin Herbert one because that was the that was one of the ones that I wanted to uh, touch on as well. So I think that across the whole landscape 
of this, there are quite a few teams that in some positions um, without getting into O-line and D-line, at skill positions, fantasy relevancy, you know, there are some teams where, you know, once again, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, even uh, even outside of Aaron Jones, you know, as we spoke, I don't know if the Packers are sold on Aaron Jones. I think they want like what they have in A.J. Dillon. I think he fits what Matt LaFleur does, you know? I mean, I don't even know if Aaron Rodgers fits what Matt LaFleur does because he obviously did not uh, call him during the draft and say, hey, we're going to take a quarterback. Yeah, and when you're looking at the Packers, uh, yeah, that's my third depth chart battle. Uh, You know, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, I'm super high on A.J. Dillon. Uh, I agree. And a lot of times when you want to deep dive into wanting to win a dynasty football uh, league and wanting to get that championship, you got to dive, guys. You got to look at that coaching staff. You got to realize that that LaFleur wants to make the Titans. He wants to. Think about it. Yeah. He drafted a running back that has the same combine measurables as Derrick Henry. Yeah. He drafted his he drafted that quarterback. A running back, excuse me. He drafted his quarterback he wanted. And he, like you mentioned, Poe, he didn't draft a wide receiver. When you look <laughs> at the Titans, yes, A.J. Brown is a talent. But if he didn't have A.J. Brown, they'd have someone else getting the ball, but they would still be focused on the run, focused on using their tight ends, and focused on their defense. The Packers have a pretty decent defense. They're probably going to get better this year. They'll have to figure out whoever their tight end tight end's going to be. But any team that drafts a QB with a skilled player they're looking to do something for the future. QB with a wide receiver, Joe Burrow and T. Higgins. QB mm-hmm. with a quarterback, Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon. And I agree with you. So, the, so A.J. Dillon, the depth chart battle, I'll make it quick and simple. He's going to win. And he's going to win for a lot of reasons that we talked about in a few other shows. Aaron Jones' contract is up, so is Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is safe. Also, Jamal Williams, want to know a fun fact about him. He had a pretty decent fantasy football season last year, filling in or partnering with Aaron Jones. He had yeah. about 150 points, but he was a PPR little speed demon. When you look at some of the games he had halfway through the season, 25 points, 14 points, 19 points, 17 points, 7 points, by week, 16 points, 12 points, and he kind of fell off. That's a solid flex appeal for about 6 or 7 games where I even picked him up and star him a little bit. So I truly feel like Jamal Williams are going to get cheap. We're talking about running back contracts and they're going to keep him, and just A.J. Dillon is going to sit there and just slowly eat away at Aaron Jones' time. He is already the second on the depth chart. Look already, at a bunch yeah. Of, already, look at a bunch of other mm-hmm. depth charts, right? DeAndre Swift is second. CEH is second. Uh, I believe Taylor's second. But a couple other guys aren't. Akers is not second. Zach Moss isn't. There's a few guys that aren't there in the second spot. They moved A.J. Dillon up for a reason. He's going to eat into those red zone carries, and the guy can still catch the ball. I don't think they'll use him for that. The biggest thing, and this is why I'm high on A.J. Dillon, this is why I believe you should draft him ahead of Cam Akers, ahead of DeAndre Swift. Yes, I'll say it because I don't know where everyone thinks that the Lions are going to turn into a running back factory when the most relevant running back they had was still Barry freaking Sanders, guys. Who else? Mm-hmm. I love on Johnson, too. I have him on my team. I'm hoping he can produce RB2 stats. But Swift could be swallowed just by how in, inanimate and, and inaccurate the Detroit Lions are on their offense. They just can't get it. I think they should have dropped the quarterback. That's a whole other thing. But what I'm yeah, thinking about you know. doing, this is what I'm thinking about really quick. I'm thinking about Aaron Jones 
and how many TDs he scored. And we're not really looking at that. He scored 16 touchdowns. He's mm-hmm. going to regress. He's going yeah. to have to share. So even if A.J. Dillon scores six or seven of those 16 touchdowns, he's going to eat in. Now imagine they don't sign Aaron Jones back and A.J. Dillon in 2021 is a starting running back. Aaron, Aaron Dillon, A.J. Dillon, excuse me, is a starting running back. Aaron Jones, a smaller frame, scored 16 touchdowns. I think A.J. Dillon can get right around those Derrick Henry numbers with touchdowns scored on an offense who already has our quarterback of the future and now has a running back of the future. In my opinion, he wins his uh, depth chart battle. Yeah, and you know what? And uh fully agree there, you know, like we had talked about in in our draft show and I had mentioned, like, you know, AJ Dillon is I don't know what the Packers did in the rest of their draft, but they for sure I think Matt LaFleur is kind of taking that team and moving on. I think Aaron you're talking cap wise. I think they'll hold Devontae Adams, young talent, him and Michael Thomas having a little bit of their beef. That's just fun to watch. Uh but A.J. Dillon, uh, Jordan Love coming in, I don't think Aaron Rodgers will be there. I don't think Aaron Jones will be there for too much longer either. You did mention a good one that I kind of want to kind of – I'm not going to talk about, but Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. Um, I kind of question, does Buffalo feel like Devin Singletary can be a three-down grinder? I don't think so. But I think that, that that's a nice little camp battle to watch because Zach Moss is a beast. Yes. Zach Moss is a straight yes. beast. And so, he has um, the skills to do that very well. Really quick, the Packers off yeah. the Packers draft. Jordan Love, yeah. QB, AJ Dillon, running back, Josiah Devoir, tight end, and then the yeah. rest are a couple of defensive and offensive lines and things like that. Very, it very, it very much seems like Lafleur is like, I want my quarterback, I'll mark my running back, and I want my tight end. You guys take yeah. the rest of the job. That's what it seems like to me. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. So listen. So I'm gonna leave you with a parting thing here because since uh, this kind of fits. Uh, topic here so i want you from your opinion raider nation fan raider yes. nation guy the raider nation who is the quarterback there we're talking about camp battles is it marcus Mariota or Derek carr all right what happens there man Nathan Peterman. i'm kidding so, <laughs> so this, this is the biggest thing and when you look at Derek carr and i'm not going to get too much too deep in the head uh the guy is close to 30 years old the guy reminds me a lot. Unfortunately, I know I know Raider Nation is not going to hear this. I know a lot of people aren't going to hear this. He reminds me of Andy Dalton. He reminds me of Andy Dalton. He spent X amount of years on this team since he was 21, 22 years old. He's produced a few big-time wins, but he has done absolutely nothing for us. Nothing where I'm like, oh, yeah, he had that really great season. Nothing. He's been mediocre at best, one or two high points of the season, but he has done absolutely nothing. Even last year when we had a chance to win games, he just doesn't have it. Marcus Mariota, I think the reason that Gruden brought him in there is because he can coach him the way he wants. Derek Carr Mm -hmm. has been coached too many times with too many people. And in my opinion, Gruden's just like, listen, buddy, you you got too much going on in your head where you can't stay focused. I believe that Gruden is going to give Derek Carr a very tiny thread to pull on very, very short string. And the second Carr starts messing up, which he will, Mariota is going to come in there and they're going to have Mariota for a while. And then next year, I know Gruden was waiting for this. Next year, he'll get his quarterback of the future because he got to realize he's got, he got two wide receivers of the future. He already got his running back last year. He already has a few, few good tight ends. Can we give a round of applause for John Gruden drafting some of the best defensive talent 
last year. This year was okay, but last year, just drafting – the Raiders' defense is pretty dang good. He did okay mm-hmm. this year, but he's drafting the players he wants. So I truly feel like Mariota is going to be – Mariota reminds me of a, of a coach's QB. The guy is okay. right next to Gruden, headset on, and they're just talking back and forth, joking around, talking about getting drinks later. And Carson will feel like, Red 8, uh, what are you guys talking about? Like he's just looking yeah. over and he's just right, – right, right, right. He's gonna. It's gonna He's the third wheel. He's yeah, the third wheel. I don't know why Gruden loves Nathan Peterman, but Peter will never go anywhere. But I truly believe <laughs> that Mariota's going to take over that backfield halfway through the season, not halfway, about three or four games. I'd say four or five games into the season, and then they're going to draft that QB that they want next year. They're going to be positioned to then have young wide receiver talent, young running back talent, and then grab that QB. I don't see Carr staying around. I think they're going to let him walk. I see him possibly going to. Uh, I don't even know what team would really want Carr for it. I feel bad to say this. He's going to be a backup, possibly a team like the Seahawks. Uh, I can see him being a backup, uh, maybe the Texans. Just a team that just needs a really steady QB presence in the room for a right. QB. Right. That's All right, man. Point. I like it. So do any of them have, in your opinion, I don't think, uh, relevancy to any fantasy numbers? Uh, I would say if you want to take a stab and get Derek Carr on the cheap, I mean really cheap. I have uh, Tom Brady and Deshaun Watson in one league, and I have um, I have John Al- John Allen, Josh Allen, excuse me, and Danny Dimes uh, in one in another league. If I needed a backup to a backup, I would try to get Derek Carr on the cheap sixth, seventh round pick. I'll say fifth or sixth. I'll give him a little bit of push there. Fifth or sixth round pick. Uh, you know, try to pick him up off the waivers. I think that's the only relevance he has. Marcus Mariota, I would not pick up until you see what happens with Derek Carr. He's just not worth rostering his spot, especially if Derek Carr does somehow prove the pool rabbit out of his butt and, and get a get a you know top QB twenty, I'd say QB fifteen finish to the season. But that's all I see Carr as. I see him as a third string on your fantasy roster right now. All right, man, I like it. Big Black and the Fat, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on our Sleeper channel. That's just at Big Black and the Fat. If you play your fantasy football on Sleeper, um, listen to our podcast on the Anchor app on your web browser, Spotify. You can find us. It's Big Black and the Fat. He's JC Cribs. That is Jay Poe. Again, guys, appreciate you tuning in to us. Uh, Great episode this week. Be sure to, again, check us out on our Twitter page, LCAPSBBANDTF. We're going to try to get that Instagram page up and running, give you guys some live feed episodes. And until next time, stay safe, stay humble, take care of each other. Thanks, everybody.